You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Your Nation Radio Podcast. Now I'm joining you after a one-week absence. Last week, the Eagles game, getting moved to Tuesday night, Tuesday night football. You certainly heard me complain about that on the 92nd episode of From the Bleachers. How is this already the 93rd episode? It's an entirely different discussion. But because that game got pushed back to Tuesday and I had some holiday plans, I was not able to talk with you all last week. But I am back this week. Eagles riding high, winning record for the first time since week one. Currently, if the regular season ended today, the Birds will be in the playoffs. They control their own destiny. They win these next two games. They're in. And even in a scenario that's not that far-fetched, can clinch as early as this Sunday. What happened on this past Sunday? Giants. Eagles played the worst first quarter in the history of organized football. And then they go and score 34 answered points and absolutely demolish the Giants. Joe Judge, the Philadelphia native, St. Joseph's Preparatory School transferee, all week coaching a 4-10 and team going into Sunday, is blast and fly. Eagles fly, going to fly now. Meek Mill, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince in practice, trying to amp up his sorry sack of a team for this game because he still has that energy. That weak energy from last season, week 17 of last season, when the Eagles tanked that game against Washington, which caused the Giants to miss the postseason. Know what I say to that, Joe Judge? If you're 6-10, and 10, you probably didn't deserve to make the postseason in the first place. So what is it? What happens? Joe Judge uh, rolling with a combo of Mike Lennon, uh, Giraffe Boy, and Jake Fromm at quarterback. Uh, have a putrid performance in Philadelphia. If I was a New York Giants fan, I would be embarrassed to be alive if that was my favorite team that I I involved my life with, whether I'm a podcaster, writer, or just a fan who's consuming all this Giants content every single day, every waking moment of the day. Uh, that's that's a rough existence. And for those of you out there who may know people like that, check on them. Say something. Make sure they're okay. Because I know if I was a Giants fan, I would not be okay. We have this late stretch We knew the last four games of the season were going to be divisional games. And we assumed this was probably going to be a weak NFC East year. So we thought these last four games could be the difference between winning division, not winning division. Obviously, Cowboys have run away with division this year. As much as we always talk about the offensive power with Dallas, their defense has been absolutely unbelievable. They'll have the defensive rookie in the year team. They have two uh, legitimate defensive player of the year candidates on their team in Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. And but but because of this stretch, because of how poor the Washington is, because of how poor the Giants are, they can still make some noise here. 
They can still make some noise here. They win this game against Washington, a team they played. This will be their third game in 13 days. So less than two weeks ago, they played this team. Play them again. Washington may be a little healthier at quarterback. Probably Taylor Heineken playing now, not a, you know, some dude off the street like it was when they came to the link a couple weeks back. Or really last week, right? It just The schedule is breaking my mind. I'm still not over that. Because I think that slow start against the Giants was due in part to the fact they had four days rest and had just played a full football game. That's what that slow start meant to me. That's what I took away from that slow start. Jalen Hurts on a bum ankle, four days rest, can't even run, has two rushes for seven yards. That was his lowest rushing total or the, the last time he had just two rushes in the game that he started since 2017 at Alabama in a gigantic blowout win. So this isn't really the Jalen Hurts we're used to, and I think that short rest really uh, prevented him from being the Jalen Hurts we know as a guy who's a playmaker with his legs. And we will need Jalen Hurts to be a playmaker with his legs this upcoming Sunday down in Landover, Maryland, against the Washington football team. Because Miles Sanders has a broken hand. Jordan Howard, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to play on Sunday. The Eagles just signed Carrion Johnson to back to the practice squad they have there. So I feel like he might go on Sunday. So Jordan Howard, I mean, we, we look at the way that that offense was pounding the rock with and without him. And his emergence this season uh, coincided with the Eagles uh, revolutionizing their offense and reinventing themselves and becoming this team that has become, become one of the most efficient offensive attacks in the league by being an historically great rushing team. I'll miss Jordan Howard a lot. Miles Sanders, no touchdowns this year. I mean, I've been a critic of Miles in the past, but obviously he's played tremendous these last few weeks. Had 200-yard rushing games. I'm still iffy sometimes about his ball security, his ability as a passer, all of those things. But ability as a pass catcher, I should say, and similar things. But he's been a workhorse when he's in there. The Eagles play better. You know, they, they do need him in there to a degree. But the rushing attack this week, they're going to need something from Hurts. I, I don't know if he can provide it yet. It stinks that they're getting this schedule jam-packed sandwich thing going on just as he's dealing with that ankle issue. But they'll have Boston Scott out there. Giant killer played really well last week at 41 rushing yards and a touchdown. Has 12 career touchdowns, I believe, eight of them against the Giants. We'll see if that stretch carries over. Just a similar NFC East opponent that we all hate with Washington this, this upcoming week. We have Kenny Gainwell will probably be a big factor in the offense this week if the Eagles still maintain that rush-heavy attack, and even without Sanders and without Howard, I still firmly believe that should be the focal point of the offense because of the strength of this offensive line. Yes, Miles Sanders has performed well this year. Yes, Jordan Howard has performed well this year. But that's because of how great this offensive line is. You have three legitimate all-pro candidates at left tackle, center, and right tackle. You have a guy who I think is the best right tackle in football, and Lane Johnson, you're the best center in football for the last 10 years. And Jason Kelsey, a future Hall of Famer right there. And then at left guard, you have Landon Dickerson, who's going to be a stud in his own right. And then whoever they're rolling out in right guard, depending on the injuries this year, has held their own there. Nate Herbig has improved this season. And I like what I saw from him this past week. A little iffy in that Giants game a couple weeks back, the one that was in the Meadowlands. But this past week, played well, played well enough against Washington. And I'm excited what can happen with him in his future. Because the Eagles do have a lot of moving parts uh, on their interior line. They have Jack Driscoll there. We'll see what happens with Brandon Brooks' future, Sue Opetta. All those guys, guys in the mix for sure. So I still think, even though they're they're down to what is essentially their third and fourth string running backs, fifth street running backs, I still think they need to run the ball. It's it's proved successful. 
They, they signed Jordan Howard off the street, and he turned into Jordan Howard of 2016. And that's a credit to Jordan Howard, of course, but more so because of this offensive line. So I don't want to see a performance where Nick Sirianni comes out early. He's throwing the ball a lot because he's scared of Hurts' ankle injury. He's not as confident in Gainwell and Boston Scott. All these different things carry on Johnson if he ends up being on the active roster come Sunday. I still want to pound the ball. I still want to run, run the ball. It's because of the offensive line and whether Hurts is actually – running enough if he's doing two or two rushing attempts like against the Giants or he has eight whether it's design runs and scrambles just the fact that he's back there and that he is Jalen Hurts has to play a part in the defensive scheme from Washington because they need to be ready and account for Jalen Hurts speed whether he's actually going to play that way or not they still have to be ready for it because you know I don't know how Jalen Hurts angle is they don't know how Jalen Hurts angle is we're not going to really know until Sunday so they do have to prepare for Kenny Gainwell, he hasn't played a ton this season. He has some games where he doesn't have any touches, but uh, just for comparison's sakes, and a lot of this is there's circumstantial, there's context there. Miles Sanders has zero touchdowns this year and 163 touches. A lot of that's because when the Eagles get in the red zone, they're so effective with Jalen Hurts running the ball. That becomes an issue where Miles isn't going to need those touchdowns because Jalen Hurts is a bowling ball, probably the, should be the best quarterback in the league and quarterback keepers in, in those situations like that. Uh, and then you have Kenneth Gainwell, who on just 84 touches this year has tied for the, the team lead touchdowns with five. Something decent going there. Gets the ball, he scores. Gets the ball, he scores. And so let's see that because I think what I've always liked about Gainwell, even this offseason talking, gassing him up this offseason and then the season when he showed some flashes, is his ability as a pass catcher. And if there's a situation, we can kind of rewind to an old school West Coast philosophy a little bit. Where I still want the Eagles to run the ball, but if they're if they're struggling a little bit, that short passing game, specifically with Gainwell, uh, I think can be a factor and help uh, move the ball a little bit down the field. We saw that kind of what they did against the Atlanta in Week One, where they were throwing the ball, but it was a lot of short routes, and they were able to move move the ball methodically downfield. So if they're struggling the running game again, I think that should be their their main focus. Still, still pound the ball like that, but I do think there's a chance that. Uh, Gainwell can be a huge factor in the passing game. Again, he's had some receiving touchdowns this year. And I'd like to see what you have from him because it's a situation where, hey, Gainwell balls out these last two games of the season. The Eagles win both these games. They they make the playoffs. They, they look good there. Uh, it could entice the Eagles even more so than they may already think to move away from Miles Sanders next year and go with a rotation of Kenneth Gainwell, whether Boston Scott's still this year or they draft another guy on day three in the 2022 NFL draft to complement that whole nucleus because they know uh, given this offensive line, whether Jason Kelsey's still here or not, Landon Dickerson will be here. Jordan Mailata will be here. Lane Johnson will be here. They will have the talent to still be a premier rushing attack in this league, especially with Jalen Hurts at quarterback and the way he unlocks another dimension uh, in a rushing offense, giving his ability with his legs and that dynamicism he presents. For playoff scenarios, I think the Eagles are at – this is football outsiders – let me pull it up real quick. I think they were at a 78% chance, 78.4% chance of making the postseason this year. And I mean, that's crazy, right? That they're they're that into it. And going by football outsiders, they're actually more likely to get the sixth seed than the seventh seed. So football outsiders gives the Eagles a 74.3% chance of making the postseason. That plays out with a 7.3% chance at the fifth seed. It's crazy that that's on the table. A 34.5% chance at the sixth seed and a 32.5% chance at the seventh seed. 
the Eagles can clinch as soon as this weekend for a playoff spot if they beat the Washington football team on the road down in Landover, Maryland. Uh, the Green Bay Packers beat the Minnesota Vikings at home. The Vikings are currently the eighth seed. The Eagles are the seventh seed. Vikings first team looking out. And then they either get a win by the Panthers on the road against New Orleans or San Francisco picks up a win. So there is a situation where the Eagles, you know, come next time we're talking to you, are officially, officially a playoff team. Yes, I think they'll make the postseason. I've been out on that, that all, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks, last month or two. Uh, going in that stretch after the, the Lions game, I was so, so out on the team and they sucked me so much back in. And I'm just so excited and elated at the moment that we were playing meaningful, meaningful football in Philadelphia into January. Into January. Absolutely. I absolutely love it. Look at the potential playoff matchups. Do we want Green Bay to have the first seed? I'm thinking, yeah. I don't want the Eagles to go to Green Bay and play at Lambeau in January in week one. And week one of the postseason, you know, wild card weekend, whatever you want to call it. They could somehow play the Cardinals. That's the ideal scenario for sure. Uh, Rams, I'll take my chances against them. Cowboys, uh, disgusting to say Cowboys scare me. The Eagles do not match up well with Dallas. We saw that. Uh, back on Monday Night Football or the season in week three. And we'll see what happens next week uh, when they go down to – well, Dallas will play in, here in Philadelphia at the link in week 18. We'll see what happens with that Dallas team because it could be a situation where they're resting their starters because they you know have their spot locked in for the postseason. The Eagles are still playing for their own like, own postseason playoff hopes and playoff life. And, it could again, it could be a situation where – the Eagles end up playing Dallas in Week 18 and in the first round of the playoffs. That happened back in 2009. Bad vibes there. The Eagles lost in Week 17 to, to Dallas, and then they went down and lost, I believe, 34 to 10 in the wild card round uh, against the Cowboys in 2009. 2009. That's the game. Bob McNabb comes out of the uh, tunnel playing the air guitar. McNabb's last game as a Philadelphia Eagle. Really bad vibes that game. And they make it. And then the Bucks. Play the Bucks decently well. I think the score was a bit of uh, wasn't as close to the score indicated because Tampa Bay was up in that game. That was what week four on Thursday night football, um, or the season or week five. And yeah, who wants to play Tom Brady in the postseason, right? So if they could land one of the NFC West teams between the Rams and the Cardinals, that'd be ideal. And, and again, that could be in play because. I know if San Francisco drops one of these last two games and the Eagles win both of theirs, the Eagles would in fact be the sixth seed. And they'd be in a position to play where they, they could be playing the Rams. And I'll take our chances against Sean McVay down in, out in L.A. Uh, I'd rather that than you know Aaron Rodgers and Lambeau or this Cowboys team that is so talented on both sides of the ball. I think that's going to be the vibe. That's, that's, that's what I want to happen. And well, it takes one team and maybe they do end up playing in Lambeau. Maybe they've been playing whoever. Uh, maybe they play in Lambeau in terrible weather, and this rushing attack just pounds the, the Green Bay defense. Aaron Rodgers can't throw because it's inclement weather, and who knows what happens. That's the fun of the playoffs. That's why they call it wild card weekend because it's wild. It's a nice short check-in, right, because we haven't talked in a couple of weeks here. I uh, want to give my condolences to the Madden family. John Madden, I don't think any figure in the history of the sport is responsible for creating more NFL football fans uh, Madden recording this early Wednesday morning. Madden passed on Tuesday at the age of 85. Very sad uh, from his time, his rise in the late 60s with the Raiders to his historic broadcasting career. A guy who was a broadcaster and was more famous than almost any player on the field. He was commenting on 
and communicating about to the audience, a guy who could break down the game in its simplest form to someone who didn't understand the sport at all or could stay up all night diagramming a specific play in the minutia of a game uh, to the hardest of hardcore fans. Guy who sounded and had this booming voice, but was still inviting. He sounded like a guy you would meet up with at your corner bar and just shoot the bull with like that. And uh, a legend. And definitely for the last 25, 30 years, has uh, through the Madden video games, I've spent thousands, literally not even without hyperbole, thousands of hours watching or playing Madden those back in the day when I was a kid. And, you know, you're six years old and you're learning how to disguise blitzes and taking the safety off the field with a, uh, going up the seam with a nine route on a slot receiver, and you have another guy running the post underneath him, uh, scheming guys open like that. That's stuff that bored an entire new generation of football fans where they almost understand X's and O's better than some of the commentators on now who are just doing the worst John Madden impersonation ever, which it's really hard to follow in Madden's footsteps. He is the greatest sports broadcaster of all time, and it ain't close. It ain't close. So John Madden was actually with the Philadelphia Eagles – in the 1958 training camp, uh, got a little injured, never played in the pros. But uh, maybe Mitchell and Ness can get together a number 77, 1958 John Madden jersey. How sick would that be? Maybe I could get one for free. We'll see. That's it for me. Uh, yeah, a little short pod. Maybe I'll do another one later in the week. But I just need to get just get back in the rhythm of things. We'll be back tomorrow. So this will probably drop either late Wednesday night or early Thursday, Thursday around noon, I will be recording another episode of Odds and End Zones with my boy Zoe, talking about the lines a little bit and just what's going on with this Eagles team. So let's destroy the NFC East the rest of the way. Let's beat Dallas. Maybe you have to go down there in wild card weekend and beat them again. I will be a nervous wreck all week. I'll be simultaneously cocky and afraid. And I don't know, my adrenaline will be through the roof, and that's what it's all about, right? So that's it for me, Seamus Clancy. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Seamus Clancy. You can follow the BGN Instagram that I run with our great producer, Rachel, at, at Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. If you like my podcasting, if you like my writing, for bleedinggreennation.com and libertyballers.com, SB Nation's home for the Philadelphia 76ers. You can check out my Patreon newsletter, patreon.com backslash Seamus Clancy. That's it for me. Hope the next time I'm talking to you on from the bleachers, it's after a big win, or maybe I'm gassing myself and you all up with the second podcast later in the week. As always, keep bleeding green. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. 
reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.